Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. Meditation of the day. Opportunity is nothing more than a kid on a corner with a lemonade stand. Paul R. Johnson. Actors have the power. There are no ways around it. Without actors, a production cannot happen. Therefore, who really has the power? You do. A casting director wants to discover a star. A director has a vision. A producer wants to know, how much is all this going to cost? The most important person in the room is you, the actor. Without you, we don't have a job. When an actor can fully grasp this information, then there is a freedom that occurs. You no longer allow yourself to worry or stress out because you know that at some point in your acting career, Someone will need your talents. And at that moment, when the role is right for you, you will be hired. Today, I will believe that the right role is waiting for me. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. (laughs) 
As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I am so excited to introduce to you our guest. He is talent manager extraordinaire. Can I say that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. I want to introduce Rashidi Hendricks to the Spirited Actor Podcast. <sighs> What's up? Rashidi! You know, this is my first podcast interview. Nobody's ever interviewed me on a podcast. Are you serious? So I'm actually really excited. Do they Do they know that you have a plethora of knowledge and, like, do they know that? They're going to learn today. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make sure we have security close by because I have a feeling Rashidi is not going to be on his best behavior. But prayerfully, we will learn something. I promise. Okay. promise. Okay. Where did this start, Rashidi? Because I have a feeling that there is some underlying acting creativity with you. Now, you know, I I was always kind of the funny guy in class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like it wasn't surprising to a lot of people that I ended up later on 
being a comedy writer and writing on Jimmy Kimmel and a bunch of other shows and things like that because I think, you know, people kind of already knew I had a sense of humor. But, you know, I never honed in on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, I think, you know, as a kid growing up, I used to watch a lot of the sitcoms and I would actually, you know, I guess what writers would do, I would make an outline of, of my own episodes. I did oh, that okay. as a kid. So you were doing like a spec script as a kid. Yeah, but it was like more like a, Spec. It wasn't okay. a script. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a speck of a script. <laughs> a speck of a speck. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, what happened was I was a big fan of, like, Silver Spoons and, mm-hmm. you know, all those shows yeah, from yeah. back in the 80s and whatnot. Yeah. So I would come up with my own, you know, ideas. I'd be like, damn, what if Arnold got lost on a train, you know? And then you would write the episode? <laughs> and I would come up with the ideas, That's and, you know. Great. But it wasn't really, like, serious. But, you know, it was just kind of fun little thing I would write down and stuff like that and i used to have those still have those writings for a long time but you know i don't know where it is so did you know of any writers that inspired you i didn't really value the craft of of actual tv writers and Mm -hmm. whatnot probably until i got to watch shows like a different world you know where i actually saw like how the comedy and the and the acting marry together. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think I got kind of a small interest in TV was like, I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting how these characters can deliver these lines and then the show still be entertaining. I didn't know there was an actual science to it. Okay. And then, of course, I'd watch shows like The A-Team and right. Equalizer, you know, a lot of those kind of shows. And where, all of these shows that you're speaking of did not have any people of color as writers at that time. Well, I think a different world did. Well, different world. Yeah. No, you just you didn't say but, different world. You yeah. just said two other shows. Yeah, like you know, with the whole n- era of Norman Lear being right. a Aaron Spelling um, and Aaron Spelling, they were mm-hmm. pretty much in the business of creating shows about African American experience, shows about their lives, whether it was Good Times, which was in the hood, or right. the, Jefferson. the Jeffersons, which was on the east side. Yes, moving on up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you never saw the people behind the scenes. I think writers were never really front and present like they are now. Right, right. You know, everybody knows who Shonda Rhimes is. Everybody right. knows who David Simon is. Everybody knows who Kenya Lena. Burris is, you know, and Lena and all those people. So mm-hmm. it's like the writers finally have stepped out front. But back then, there was a black writer. There was a few black writers on the Jeffersons, and I believe David Bill Duke was a writer yeah. on, there, on there, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But they weren't necessarily. There wasn't notice. It wasn't a. No. It wasn't a 1970 version of you know TV so white. No. You know it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. You know they weren't. They were just trying to keep a job. Yes. You know because yes. it wasn't easy f- for somebody like that to get a job in that space. Think the person who created the Jeffersons. And actually, the person who created Married with Children was actually black. Right, yes, Michael. Yes, so, you know, so those were hit shows that Mm -hmm. people were on, but, you know, you never never knew who they were. Right. You know, it's almost like when you find out the person who invented the Super Soaker was black. You were like, what? (laughs) You're like, I'm about to buy me one of those. Okay, I don't know why we talk about the Super Soaker, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, like, you find out these things. No, you're right. You don't know because nobody put those people in the mix. And especially writers. That is not a position in film and television that is, first of all, glamorized, and second of all, people of color. So you're right. So I want to talk about you being a talent manager because um, your insight and your knowledge is priceless. Let's say you go to showcases. I know you go all over looking for talent. Mm -hmm. What are, let's say, three things that stand out to you in terms of someone 
that is showcasing their talent in front of you? Well, depending on if they're an adult or a child, you know, it really just depends. I think okay. it's part of it is like, you know, a friend of mine told me a long time ago, star quality is a light. Mm-hmm. And you just know when you see somebody, if they're doing an audition or a monologue or something like that, you know, it's a light that you see that just mm-hmm. shines and you you feel it. You know, it's almost like the first time I ever met Cardi B, mm-hmm. I was at a production that she was at. This mm-hmm. was I guess in between the time that she was on Love and Hip Hop and before she broke out as an artist, I can say that I, when I met her, I saw the light. Wow. And I watched the show, you know, the Love and Hip Hop show a couple mm-hmm. times, and mm-hmm. I was she was always the most entertaining person every time yeah. the episode came on. I always yeah. wanted to look forward to, you know, seeing well, what her. What was she going to do? What was she going to do now? Mm-hmm. But I think when people audition and stuff, you could tell there's a light. There's some people that just automatically got it. Right. You know, and how I find talent, you know, really... For me, with the writing and directing part, mm-hmm. it's really just really based on your past work or your spec scripts. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a writer and I read your work and you have your own individual writing voice, right? then I know there's something different about you. And if you could just explain to the mm-hmm. audience a spec script. Basically, how you get a job as a writer in TV or film or whatever the case is, you write what's called a spec. It's basically a, a script that you write on your own. Per the Writers Guild, you're actually supposed to get paid to write something. So mm-hmm. anytime you write, you know, per the guild, there's what's called a guild minimum where you have a certain rate that you you get charged yes. to write something. If you bring in a spec, that means you did it on spec. You did it basically for free. free. <laughs> and basically you're doing it as a writing sample mm-hmm. or whatever the case. So a lot of times, like if you're hoping to get staffed on a show as a writer you would write a spec script, which is that script. It could be an episode of the show that you want to get on or mm-hmm. any show that's current. And then you would write an original, which we call an original, which is basically kind of a sto- a show that you made up. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I want to just go back a little bit and explain to our audience what the job of a manager is, because a lot of times actors get confused between a manager and an agent. Should I have both? Should I have one? Well, I use a lot of football analogies. If the talent is the quarterback, I'm the head coach. Okay. So if I'm... That's cute. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, like, there's a person that's behind you, guiding you, giving you direction. Mm -hmm. I don't do the same things that an agent does, and they don't do the same thing I do, but we do similar things. Mm -hmm. You know, agents are very specialized, meaning that agencies as a company may have about six or seven different departments. They may have a theatrical department. They may have a TV lit department. They may have a legit department for actors. They may have a children's division or or young adult. They may also have a voiceover department, commercial. So as a talent, you may have one manager, but you may have four or five different agents. And all Mm -hmm. they do all day is try to book work for you. They sit there, send you out, pitch yeah. you. And what it is, is if you understand the anatomy of how agents get paid, they get paid a commission. And within the structure of an agency, they may get a salary, but their salary is a base. And they actually have to double their salary in right. order to get a piece of any of the commissions that they bring in. Now, of course, if George Clooney's one of your clients, then that's... You're good. Yeah, you're good. He <laughs> makes $10, $15 million a film. You could go in as an agent and go to an agency and say, hey, I want to get paid $7 million a year. And they're Uh like, okay, 
Right. If because, I have George Clooney. If you got George Clooney. Okay. But if you got Scourge Scooney, <laughs> then you ain't going to get yeah. nothing. You get because, like, you know, what, that guy, baby. Right. Because you got to think about it, That guy right. is going in and he's only making, he may get booked for, let's say, uh, under five or mm-hmm. whatever on a lot, on a show, but right. he may, his rate may only be like $1,200 or maybe $900 for that day. And, you know, 10% of that is $90. I mean, that's great if you go on the roof, Chris, to get the appetizer. I would just say, because you're not going to get an entree. <laughs> you're not going to get an entree. <laughs> and you have to go by yourself. That's right. <laughs> okay. You can't bring a friend. No. And, and during happy hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, still, like, $900 a day, not a bad gig. No, it's good money. But yeah. but if you think about it, you know, their agency, they want the commissions that Shonda Rhimes is getting. Right. I mean, she just closed a deal at Netflix for a couple hundred million dollars. That's really the priority. You're not going to be the priority. Right. So having a manager also submitting you for roles is also another part of the job. Right. Because while you have an agent who's going to send you out and book you for roles, then you have a manager that is going to also do the same thing. We all use the same software, you know, the breakdowns, Actors Access, right. Casting Networks. We all use the same stuff, but imagine having two people doing the, doing the same job for you. And and also it's a numbers thing too. Right. Like agents also have hundreds of clients. Right. One agent might have 200, 200 clients. Yeah. And manager may only have 20 or 30. So imagine my focus is going to be very different right. than the focus of an agent because I'm really more concerned with the the long game the big picture if somebody comes to me and says you know what i eventually w- want to direct episodics right you know at amc then i print the roadmap to get to that you know if you want to mm-hmm. say hey you know i'm looking to get an overall deal at a at a network or a first look deal with a studio then i say okay cool well this is the roadmap that we're going to get we're going to do this it's very much a chess right. situation whereas agents is like let's just get this money well, and then also I think that managers should have relationships. So they should have relationships with producers and directors, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. also casting directors to be yeah. able to also get you into meetings on your downtime. So maybe yeah. you're not auditioning as much, but you're sitting in front of casting director A, casting director B. So you have that. How I manage my business is there's two sides. There's current business and there's future business. Current business is what's going on right now. Future business is what we're trying to do. And, nice. and then the current could turn into the future and then the future can turn into the future future. And it just goes on and goes on and goes on. It's always a a continuation right. of business. You know, the current business is maybe the check that we get today. And then the future business is, hey, you know, I got this great script. Okay, tool. You, they give me the script. Mm-hmm. I may take it to Will Smith's company and say, hey, we got this great script. A lot of the 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 work germinates with me mm-hmm. when it comes to things like that. Right. Like, I'm usually the first person that my clients come to when they have ideas. Right. Because I'm usually the less judgmental person where the agent's like, oh, man, that's, that's not good. We need to rewrite. You know, right. where I'm like the personal development exec for those clients. I mean, you do have that background yeah. coming from the music business. Well, or yeah. And A&R. even in TV. I worked yeah. in, at MTV that's and I did right. development over there. That's so, right. So, you know, I, I, I feel like I can take the time to, you know, to kind of build it out. And mm-hmm. then what I do, I may take it to the Will Smith's company, then I may get the writer who wrote on Mad Men and say, hey, let's put this together. I almost right. prepackage the show, show yeah. for them. And then, you know, in addition to that, we managers also produce and agents can't. So, so that's the good thing. 
because yeah. you can get a producer credit. Yeah, and but we work for that check. credit. No, though. you do. Yeah. I think that you all deserve that Absolutely. because a manager's job is really to, in my opinion, to guide and counsel and to really hone yeah. your talent. Right. I yeah. love the fact that you have these goals and you have a plan because mm-hmm. you have to know where you are driving. What direction yeah. are we going? What is the end game here? And I think that when you do that, you're creating longevity and really an overall like talent, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like back in the day, I love when Merrimax, when they used to hone the talent, the Brad Pitts and the Gwyneths, you know, when studios used to do there that. There was a whole they lot of honing. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna take a commercial break right now. <laughs> anyway, we'll Rashidi. we'll be back in five minutes. Rashidi. I'm just kidding. No, no, you're right though. I mean, you know, yeah. there was a lot of what we called in the music industry artist development. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the studios, you know, the studio system from the early 1900s, when you were an actor, you signed to a studio. Right. Like it was a contract. Mm-hmm. You were a, you know, you were- They owned a, you. A, yeah, you were a studio player. Right. And, you know, it was almost like, you know, you didn't freelance. You, mm-hmm. If you were at MGM, you just did MGM projects. If you were at Warner Brothers or with the, with the Xanax mm-hmm. or all the other old school studios mm-hmm. back in Hollywood, you did those projects only. Right. You know, the guys like Ronald Reagan and all these people who were old school actors like Gary Cooper and all these people, they had deals at studios. Right. You know, and that still exists. No, it does, but, but not, not the, in the same way. Nurturing. Yeah. It, it's the same in the music business. It's not the same in the music business as Absolutely well. Not. So you just have to sort of come packaged. Not when the music sounds like, hood up, hood up, hood up. But it's selling though. <laughs> but what does that it, mean though? You I don't know. know. I don't even know what that I don't means. Know, you know, it, I don't it, even know. Are they using their words? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just saying. Things are different. I don't think that, I don't believe in shortcuts. I believe that you're shortchanged. So I believe that when you put in the work and when you put in the time and the effort, the rewards are going to be there. But I feel like we're living in this place where immediate gratification and this stuff here now, like this stuff here, you're never going to get this again. Yeah. Well, you know, what? where I look at it too is the audience the viewing audience and the and the audience and, and just to speak about the music industry, you know, it's like speed dating. You know, you sit at a table, uh-huh. they tell you what you want to hear, and then the bell rings, you go to the next table. That's kind of right. how the music industry is now. Mm. You know, I'm sitting with Migos, I like that song, and then the bell rings, then I'm going over here to Megan The Stallion. The bell rings, then I'm going over here to, you know, Little Yachty. There's a short-term goal right. and a short-term gain that's mm. being achieved. And you don't necessarily have the option to really digest the food. It's just in your mouth, just kind of like lingering. Well, let's talk about digesting food, shall we? Let's talk about digesting food. Oh, there's going to be some snacks here? No, no, no. We're talking about the pearls and the jewels that you're about to bestow on the audience. (laughs) Can you please, can you feed their soul? Feed their soul. Tell them what is the flip side? What what can they work on? How can they create their quote-unquote hustle? You mean as a talent? As a talent, yes, as an actor. Well, if you're an actor, I think you have to be multifaceted. You know, like I always tell people all the time, always be in a position not to just be a performer, but to provide a service. Right. You have to be in the Mm. service industry also. Nice. And the way I look at it is providing a service means creating an opportunity for yourself as a voiceover talent, creating yourself as an opportunity, you know, as a writer maybe or a director but also allow yourself to have five job, you know? Okay. Have okay. five job, five you know? Job. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, the problem is is that when you focus only on the performing part, that's also based on the market 
analysis and, um, and likability of you as a talent. Right. The moment they don't like you, the moment you're Isaiah Washington and you say something offset and it, and it gets in the press and they don't like you, then now it's like, ah, we're cool on him. But guess what? What if he had been directing all this time? Right. What if, and he would have still had a job. You know what I mean? Right. And for those of you who don't remember Isaiah Washington. There you go. Oh, you mean who is he? Yeah. Oh, he was he was an incredible actor. Yeah. You know, I mean, he still is. He hasn't passed or anything. But yeah, I mean, I think he's he's somebody that I miss in the marketplace as an actor. Yeah. And I think that he's definitely hopefully on his way back. Mm -hmm. You know, the sister from Living Single. um, Erica Alexander. Yes. She she had a sick interview on The Breakfast Club because she mentioned how, you know, listen, you know, there was a time period where black actors were working consistently consistently and then they weren't yeah but most of those actors weren't doing anything else on the side they weren't directing they or weren't producing. writing or producing so imagine if they have an opportunity you know tell but, them what isaiah washington did well allegedly he got in an argument which ended up also being into a verbal confrontation with patrick dempsey i believe who was his co-star on mm-hmm. the show and there was a moment in time where they got into a battle and there was a exchange about whatever they were arguing about, but there was a a slur that was said that was not received very well. Now, I think, and I'm just going to say this, if I think I understood what Isaiah was saying because uh-huh. he said it in a way, in a vernacular that when most black people are arguing, that's what you would say. Right. But I don't think it was received that way by mm-hmm. the majority of people. They started it as a slur against the LGBT community, which right. is, was not what happened. But in this particular moment in PC, P, you know, this well, PC world, I think it was definitely taken out of context. And its timing, you know? I thought, was a little challenging. Like, you know, Shonda is there with her award. Yeah. And then he kind of just dips in and says what he didn't say. Yeah, it's that deep. wasn't appropriate. Yeah, I, I forgot mean. about that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right like, after that, they were like, "Okay, we're going to be writing him out. He's yeah. going to die." He basically, in the next he basically, episode. he basically like, Kanye West him. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I champion actors 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All of my friends are actors. I know all mm-hmm. the stories. Yeah. However, you have to know when to wrangle. And what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And also, you know, I mean, look at how his career changed. He was starring on Grey's Anatomy, probably, what, 350,000 maybe per episode? I don't know about that. Okay, 150,000? It was was a whole lot more than he made working on Love Jones. (laughs) Okay. You know, I'm just saying. And, you know, to have that consistent work, to have those residuals build up Mm -hmm. in your SAG you know, war chest for your retirement is all that matters. Right. I mean, he's still going to get paid. He's yeah. still good. No, from the residuals, yes. But, yeah. but the problem is, is that his credibility and his, his name is still out there the wrong way that I'm sure he spent 30 years trying to build yeah. as an actor. Um, which, you know, which is the, the most disappointing thing. Cause he's a real actor, you oh know, and I liked, I liked him as a person and I also liked him as an actor and so i was just disappointed but what are you gonna do i mean i've known isaiah prior to clockers he was yeah. doing this play when i was a casting director and people yeah. were like oh i heard he was a see. sick theater actor. oh my I god he was, he was crazy yeah. crazy and then 
He was going to do, I think he was going to do Fences out in uh, oh. New Brunswick. But I, he was doing a play with Gene Carlos Esposito. It was like oh, about yeah. construction workers, and it was brilliant. Yeah, and those so two guys, was, those two guys playing yeah, together is I mean, like, you know. When I think of Isaiah Washington, I think of the actor with the turtleneck and the dark light oh, on him and clockers? stuff. No, just in general. Oh, you know how oh, actors, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the Shakespeare actor, yes, you yeah, know, the, yeah, yeah. the craft. That's oh, what I think of him. But, but to get back to what we were talking about, mm-hmm. I mean, like somebody like him, the brother from The Shy who got in trouble. Yeah. You know, like, like all of these situations that happen and, you know, just to bring it back, it's like as a manager, you, you try to sub- troubleshoot those situations. Exactly. You try to help your client navigate through it. And then, you know, it's just like... I'm sure the agent for Colin Kaepernick is probably dealing with the same thing that the agent for Isaiah had to deal with. Right. You have to manage the press. You have to manage the the, the opportunities, and you still got to look for the future opportunities. So would you recommend to your client to kind of stay low, or how do you ride out something like that? I don't know. I mean, look, I, I'll tell you like this. When Nate Parker got oh. in trouble, well, not even trouble. I'm not yeah. going to say trouble. When he got yeah. scrutinized for his past acts, I don't think he did the best job, you know, as far as damage control. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if his team necessarily got in front of it the way that they should have. So... I think from a manager perspective, you know, you have to be you have to be delicate, you have to be diplomatic, you got to be a person who can help you get through it, mm-hmm. but you also have to try to salvage the career. Yeah. You know, that's the best part. So I mean, and it's good, you know, I was looking at Kathy Griffin yesterday. She has a I think it's a documentary that is is coming out. And like I was just thinking about what she went through when she made that comment, you know, mm-hmm. about the beheading and how long it took her to sort of like let it die out and, and, back. and reinvent yeah. herself because she cut her hair off. And yeah. so, you know, there is a time in that. Um, I do want to ask you to just drop three pearls, mm. diamonds, mm. nuggets for actors from a manager's perspective. What are those things that they need on their journey right now? You know, look, if you don't have it already, you, you got to have sick headshots, man. You, your headshots got to be right. You got to have yourself on tape doing an amazing monologue or some type of work, okay. you know, as well as your resume. Like your package is probably one of the most important parts because that's your presentation. That's the first thing that a casting director, a producer or an agent will see. Is you have to have that. You got to have that presentation. The yeah. next thing you got to do is that you just got to be dedicated to the craft, man. What does that mean? Are you taking classes? Are you allowing yourself to work with the spirited actor? Yes. Thank are you, you allowing yourself plug, to plug. correct? Uh, <laughs> you know, are you are you putting in the time? You know, I've met people who were just like, I just want to be on TV. Yeah. And, you know, like, OK, well, what are you doing? You know, do you do theater? Are you taking classes? Nah, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to be on TV. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, that just doesn't signify that you even want to be a part of the community. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So if, you know, I had a professor in college say, you know, at the time I was in engineering school and he was like, when we were seniors, he said, you should be thinking like an engineer at this point in your career. Like, like as a senior or a junior in school, yeah. you should be thinking like the person that you yeah. want to be. And, that makes you know, sense. yeah. And, you know, she obviously didn't see that as a as an importance right. you know so i think the third thing too is just okay. to is just to stay vigilant stay vigilant because you know the part of the part of the problem is is that this is a no industry and yeah. when i say no industry you're going to hear a hundred no's before you get a yes and if you don't allow yourself to have tough skin then you'll just give up i know one time i heard uzo 
from Orange is the New Black talking about how she literally was on the train leaving the audition crying was almost like when I get to my apartment if I haven't heard anything then I'm going back to Boston that's exactly what she said literally she got off the train she didn't even get to her apartment she got a call from her casting from the casting people saying that they wanted her to come back for a second reading they wanted to put her on tape right for the Orange is the New Black and she got the role wow literally changed her life but imagine if she would have went back and not seen anything on her voicemail she would have just gave up gave up you know but you have to stick with it it's not a game for the lightweight, it's no. a game for the heavyweights. That's right. You know, and that's what it is. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to put your hands together for the heavyweight that we had in here today, Mr. Rashidi Hendricks, talent Man. manager. Thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. Thank heavyweight, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all of your insight and your wisdom. We appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say that it's also important for parents because Rashidi does work with children as well. It's so important for parents to educate themselves and to know the business of show business. Yeah. You can hit me at. Oh, really? Rashidi Rara. Okay. On my Instagram. All right. All right. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah, because, you know, like, I feel like even with kids, you got to be prepared. It's it's a lot of pressure when you're 11 or 12 or 13, mm-hmm. stepping up in an interview. You're working with adults who do this for a living. They ain't got time for six or seven takes, you know, with a little kid. So they want the opportunity to go in there and work with somebody who's professional who steps in and steps up to the role, even if they're young, because for them it's work. You know, this yeah. is our, this is my livelihood. This no, is how I eat. This is my job. You know, this is my job. So yeah. you know, getting kids who are interested in being in the business prepared early is what I feel like. You know, I've been trying to stress. I want to thank you again, and I'm sure that our phones are blowing up with a lot of calls because people have a lot of questions. But yes. I'm going to invite you back on because there are some questions that we didn't get to. Definitely. And that actors really need to know when we're talking about the business of show business. So thank you. Yeah, we do a part two. And uh, thank you very much. Spirited actor, this is what it is. Do not forget. Support, support, support. Thank you, Rashidi. All right. So we'll be right back with Class in Session with Leanne Amato. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy 
and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready that, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And now we are coming up to my favorite, one of my favorite segments. One of my favorites because I love working with Spirited Actor alumni, Leanna Motto. We are at class in session. Yay. And we still have Rashidi Hendricks here if you didn't know that. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. This is my first podcast so i'm i'm excited you I'm really so, you really pushing that yeah because you, you want another because, one no, i'm just saying because <laughs> I'm, I'm really having a good time you know? and i'm with one of my best friends so this she, is true you yeah. should tell everybody listen chissy yeah all right say it loud and say it like you made it okay <laughs> we are class in session with Spirit Actor alumni, Leanne Amato. Leanne, what's up? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy hey, that Leanne. you're here. Hey, because what you're going to do today is you're going to do a monologue. Okay. And Rashidi is going to give you some feedback on that monologue. Okay, okay? awesome. So what's the title of our monologue? Do we have a title? Hear Me Out. Hear Me Out. Mm. Okay, so Rashidi, do you feel comfortable with her Directing the energy to you. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear let's let's hear it. Let's let's go for it. Okay. Okay. Wait. Did you hear anything that I just said? Because I came to you to explain myself so that you can hear me out. And before I could even finish, you cut me off to tell me what you think that I should do. But did you hear me? Ever. Do you ever just listen to me and hear my heart? Because I'm so tired of you telling me who I should be, who I shouldn't be, what's okay, what's not okay, when that's all you just putting your shit on me. But that's not who I am. You have me messed up out here trying to be a good daughter to you that I don't even know what's true to me anymore. So I'm asking you, Dad, that the next time that I come to you, to simply be heard. That before you cut me off, that maybe, just maybe, you'll hear me. And sing. Wow. wow. All right. I was, I was, I was, that was, that was deep. I'm a little misty. I'll admit it. Mm. 
Okay. All right. So what was the inspiration of that piece? I mean, Mm. fight with my father about a month ago. Okay. Yeah. Just trouble finding a monologue. And I said, you know, what's, you know, it's something that, that moves me and something that I can't say to him. Mm. So it just came to my mind and it was authentic. Mm-hmm. All right, Rashidi? Oh, yeah. Okay. You have any feedback you want to give? Well, me? I think what I liked about it is that I felt like it was, it connected with how you would actually have that conversation with your dad. I mean, you know, it wasn't until the end that I found out it was your dad because I thought it was like, you know, a boyfriend or whatever. And then the, the way you killed it was, you know, then he was like your dad. And I was like, oh, wow, that's deep, you know? And I think it was really cool because I think you emphatically stressed the part of being heard and being over-talked. And, you know, and I think that that's always relevant in a, in a debate and in a conversation. And, you know, I think it was really, really sincere. It was true to an actual situation. So you drew from that experience and you put it in the monologue, which really felt real. That was well done. Thank you. Thank I you. agree. I, I really enjoyed the twist at the end mm. because I too thought it was a significant other. And also it's always engaging to watch when someone is fighting tears. Mm. So that was the struggle and the conflict was a great choice and very engaging to watch. Thank you. Yay. Class in session. Rashidi. That was great. Thank you. Thank you for your constructive criticism. That was cool. All right. Well, um, if you want to sign her up after we, you know, finish, I'm just saying. There you go. Manager. Well, you know, I think her ability to just deliver that is also reflective of her wonderful teacher and acting coach. Look at how he brought that around. Spirited actor. She, thank you. She's the guru and the Yoda for all of these students. And, you know, so I know that just watching you, you know, what you do when you're giving your students the, the jewels and I see that in what she just did. So I, I, as much as I give her credit, I have to give the spirited actor credit. Yep. I received that yes. because Leanne, she's one of my diehard spirited mm-hmm. actor students for years, and I've had the pleasure of witnessing her journey. So. When you when you teach your monologue classes, do you your technique is to kind of well I, bring I, it all together from a real experience? Yes, okay. absolutely. And the more you know of the experience, especially if you don't have that experience, the more you can bring to the table, and so that's what brings the authenticity to the role your mm-hmm. insight on that experience so mm-hmm. yeah well done yeah thank you thank Absolutely. you Tracy thank you yes. and thank you Rashidi thank Again. you very much thank you this and, was great <laughs> well you'll come back on and then it'll be prayerfully your second maybe third maybe somebody will hear you from this podcast <laughs> and then book you for a podcast that would be great and you know you got to talk to my manager, oh, Tracy. Oh, oh, No, okay. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to your people. Right, right, right. Okay, well, class is not in session now, so <laughs> we have to leave this segment. But thank you, Leanne. Thank yes. you so much. Great work, too. Thank you. We'll be back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. Give love. Get your house in order. Mind. Feed your mind with positive mantras affirmations, daily meditations, always 
feeding your mind with positive and uplifting energy, your body. Put foods in your body that are going to create stamina and make you feel good and energized because you're going to need that energy when you have night shoots on a set. Your soul. Surround yourself around people who are encouraging, who are supportive, and who are loving on your journey. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited Podcast. Thank you. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.